Six, a big week for the boys. Um, four and zero, gotta love it. Another, that's that's back to back four and zero weeks. But this week was oh, you're right. Arguably a couple, I don't know, maybe not. I mean, the Clemson game wasn't that good. The Georgia game wasn't that good. But Carolina and, and Georgia Tech had some really really nice games. Um, but Sam, if you want to, if you want to start us off here. Um. Okay, so I guess I should just start by saying that you know last week I. I don't know if I want to say that I dismissed Boston College, but I I pretty much addressed the fact that there's really like a big letdown factor for that game just because it's sandwiched between, you know, two big games that you already won and two games against Florida State and Syracuse that are coming up that, you know, appear to be bigger games. Obviously, you still got BC on the schedule. Carolina's down there. But the schedule was really – it's almost like this was kind of like an off week um, just because BC is – not a great team. Obviously, they've had injuries up front. Uh, defensively, they're they've got some veterans, but just not really, um, not really a great team, to to put it lightly. Um, and <clears throat> you know, I think obviously when you look at the final score, thirty-one to three, you probably think, oh, well, Clemson handled it. And I mean, yeah, we we out talented them. We out talented them at pretty much every position. And I think, I think defensively, it was the most suffocating we've we've seen us be. We blitzed relentlessly with, I mean, just. Dude, Dracovic threw 40 passes and completed 19 of them. We, we had 31 pressures. Oh, my God. And like I said, it was it was a combination of, of blitzing, just running stunts and games with the defensive line when we, when we ran four. I mean, after their first four drives of the game, Boston College had 46 plays for 104 yards. Um, their third and fourth drives, they went exclusively into jumbo personnel. They had a sixth offensive lineman in the block um, with the tight end usually chipping out on one of the defensive ends. I mean, but again, I think I think Phil Dracovic deserves a lot of credit because he he stood in there. He made some throws early in that game when he knew he was going to get drilled, and he did. Um, but it, like I said, the defensive line just really dominated. That's the story of the day because uh, when you can force a team to go max protect and you're only running – two routes downfield, it makes it a whole lot easier on the secondary. And that's kind of what we talked about coming in the years. We're, we're inexperienced back there. We're banged up still. Um, so you got to rely on the, on the defensive line. Um, Xavier Thomas played six snaps and had two sacks, hit the quarterback on a third, forced a fumble. I mean, both of his sacks were on the same sort of odd-looking pressure. Um we showed a gap, a gap blitz, stunted Trent Simpson around the backside. I mean, like I said, we blitzed a ton. Um, offensively, kind of a weird game. Um, you know, we started off the game pretty well. Um, went down and got three points. Should have had six. Bo Collins dropped a, a dime in the corner of the end zone uh, that would have started us off with a touchdown. 
but I mean, that's kind of been the theme through the start of the season. We're averaging uh, about nine plays, 72 yards, and five points on our opening drives. If you don't count the uh, three and out against Tech, we scored on every single one of our opening drives. So that's been a big positive. But after that, again, it was just one of those things where we went into lulls for too long, did not rely on the running backs. Um, I thought against NC State, obviously, when Clemson plays good teams, we run our quarterback. Um, but when you're playing a team that's not that great after coming off uh, a couple of good teams where DJ had to run a little bit more, I kind of thought the running backs would be more involved. Or yeah, the, the trying to establish the run a little bit more. The stats um, don't really jump out at you. I'm looking at the oh, no. box score right now. I mean, obviously, it was a dominant performance by Clemson overall, but the stats don't just don't really jump out. No, and that's the thing. Offensively, it was very hit or miss. I mean, we were either marching right down the field or three and out. Um, I think we had three or four three and outs. It was the most we've had in a while. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, you know, we got a – we got field position there at the end of the first half. We're able to score, make it 10 to three, um, and then come out in the second half and run a couple plays, throw a bomb to, to Bo Collins, and then come back from 37 or 38 yards and throw a touchdown to Angata. So, like I said, it was just really inconsistent. I would have liked to have not had to run DJ. And the running backs, I mean, Phil Moffin and Will Schiff were the only two backs we had. Um, they had 17 combined carries, which feels like not enough. Um, when your quarterback's running 12 times a game and you got two running backs, I mean, we threw, I think each of them had one catch. Um, but just have to get those guys more involved. They're too good not to be utilized. And I get it. Our offensive line has not been great. Run blocking thus far, pass protection is, has been really good. It wasn't as good against Boston College. They had, they had pressure from time to time. And the other thing that I've talked about the last two weeks is that the tight ends have been such a big part of the game plan, and they didn't really show up. Um, not that they didn't play well. It's just that they didn't get a ton of targets. Now, going back and looking at the game, Boston College did a pretty good job of being physical with them off the snap, um, not letting them get out into routes. But we moved them around. We, we put them in a ton of different spots. And we just didn't – just weren't able to get them the ball. I mean, Davis Allen had a nine-yard catch on the first drive of the game, and – we didn't target a tight end until midway through the third quarter when he had, you know, a, I guess it was a 25-yard catch um, down the sideline against cover two. But Brennan still didn't even have a target. I mean, last week he was our leading receiver um, against Wake. He had, what, two touchdowns um, or at least one. So just really strange. Um, never really got in a rhythm. But, again, 31-3, to you're not going to complain too much. Um I thought it was kind of weird that we kept our foot on the gas at the end, but it is what it is. I mean, yeah, why like y'all always do that, bro? That's it, annoying. And that's the thing, though. It used to not happen, but now I feel like the last since the COVID year, when our offense has been like kind of hit or miss, I feel like it's happened a handful of times, or it's just unnecessary. Like I told y'all, I mean, the conversation on Monday and Tuesday, looking at the film, does it change? The score looks better. But you still go and still have the same conversation about how you didn't execute for the other 55 minutes of the football game. So just kind of odd, but again, it is what it is. I mean, you're you're six and zero going into a game against FSU, who's kind of reeling right now. Uh, lost back to back to Wake and and NC State, which is should be a good sign for us, considering we beat both of those teams. 
and they lost to both of them. Um, but on the road, the line moved down from like seven to four or three and a half today, um, which is kind of interesting, but we'll see. Obviously, we're going to talk more about that later. So, Yeah, I didn't really get to watch the game. Obviously, didn't get to watch much college football at all this weekend, but um, looks like the defense came to play. And on that the defense note, was phenomenal. On that note, everybody stop having weddings during the fall. But yeah, yeah, I mean, for real, don't do it. I know, I know it's cheaper. I get it, but um, it's, it doesn't really work for my schedule. Shouldn't be allowed. Seriously. But yeah, uh, Sid, do you want to go into another ACC matchup? Yeah, another another big win for the boy. I'm I'm a Brent Key. Stand me too. Right I'm now. I'm on the Brent Key train hard. Absolutely. Right, right now I I am. Um, so I guess I'll start from the top. Uh, honestly, if you look at the score, uh, it was, you're like, damn, this was a really close game. Good game. Honestly, we dominated the entire game. Um, up until I yeah, until I, I agree. That's I watched on Sunday when I woke up. I was a, a little bit hungover, and I watched the South Carolina game. And then I watched the Georgia Tech game. And, you know, Georgia Tech looked – they I don't know, dude. The defense just looks way better now. It's amazing. It is, it's, it's unreal. It's so it's weird. It's a different team. It's, it's unreal. It's a different defense out there. You feel like, like all these guys are in position, like making plays on the ball, um, just things we have not seen in the past three years. It's just kind of like – what the hell happened in 11 days or however long it's been since he's been? I mean, hasn't been, he hasn't been gone long. Um, <clears throat> I, it's just like immediate turnaround. So I really kind of felt like we got off to a good start. We moved the ball well on the first drive. Um, and then we kind of just stalled like typical, but came out there, got an immediate stop, got the ball, drove down, kicked a field goal. Um, but like the whole game, you just felt like, okay, we're pounding the rock. Uh, we were picking up first downs when we needed to. We were just making getting plays uh, or, or picking up um, big plays when we needed to. And you look at the score and you're like, well, you know, we're really not beating our ass, but it kind of feels like we're beating our ass right now. And uh, I think it was 17 to three at one point. And, um, I don't know that the, the environment was good. It was just, it just felt like a different team that, that I've been watching. Um, so uh, let's see, Jeff finished. Uh, with a, a grade of 86.4. Um, he, uh, he honestly had a really good game, I thought. He, he made plays when he needed to. He, we really got him involved um, on the ground, which is what we need to do more of. When you get him involved on the ground uh, earlier in the, in the downs, like, you know, first, second down, I feel like you really just kind of set yourself up for success. Um, so let's see, Jeff was uh, 23 of 34, much more efficient, 227 yards and two touchdown passes. Um, the biggest thing I've noticed in the past two weeks is Jeff is not turning the ball over. Yeah, he's valuing the ball. Um, he's making the right reads. He's, he's playing it safe. And there were a couple in the pit game where they arguably should have had picks, but in the Duke game, he really didn't put the ball in jeopardy at all. Um, so that was really good to see. And he kind of just looks like he wants to be out there more. I don't know what it is. I don't know what Brent's been able to do. But, like, you have these kids kind of bought in that, hey, we can win games. Like, these guys look like they want to win. Jeff's, you know, lowering the shoulder. 
picking up first downs, fight for that extra yard. It's not going down or running out of bounds before, before picking up the first down. Um, just kind of things we haven't seen from him. And um, it's really honestly nice to see. Jeff was a leading rusher, uh, 95 yards on 17 carries. And then Hassan Hall was, again, pretty efficient right behind him, averaging four carry for 70 yards. Um, so Jeff Sims was running like a beast. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is he – there's times where you see him, you're like, holy shit, dude, this dude can tote the rock. But then there's sometimes he just looks like he doesn't really care or doesn't really not really aware what's going on. I don't really know what it is. But the past two weeks under under Brent, he's looked completely different, um, which is really promising to see. Because I think he just has so much untapped potential. I think, you know, 6'4", he's 6'4", um, you know, he's just a big dude. Like, he, he's got all the intangibles. It's just between the ears and, and the consistency is what he's really lacking. Um, so if we can get more of that, I think he can really go somewhere with this offense. I mean, we're really kind of starting to find ourselves a little bit more, um, especially rotation at running back. And then you're starting to get some guys step up. At receiver, obviously, Nate McCollum, um, beast. Uh, I don't really know what else to say about him other than – Beast. Just he's beast. him. He, 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 he is. is him. That's Timothy right there. <laughs> that is. He, he's not McCollum. A, He's not afraid to go across the middle and just take it. I mean, he's a little dude, but he'll go across the middle and take a shot, and he's going to catch the ball. If the ball goes his way, he's coming down with it. How big um, is he? He needs like 10 targets a game. That's really what I think. If you're going to throw screens, little pop passes, just, Five, just 11, get in the ball somehow. He's yeah, from he's, McDonough? Oh, yeah. He played uh, He played at Dutchtown. Okay. He, he, he's, arguably, he's, he's a little Debo out there. He was arguably just as good of a uh, baseball player as he was football. Um, he was supposed to play baseball for us as well. But obviously that kind of thing really just doesn't work out all that well. But, um, yeah, he's just one of those freak athletes. Um, he's really good punt returner, really solid. But he's one of those guys where you feel like, okay, I, I can trust him back there. I, don't, I feel like he's not going to, you know, pull some dumb shit. So uh, just kind of one of those guys that he knows the, the, the marker. He, he avoids contact, you know, just smart. And uh, he went – eight receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown. And then um, obviously getting Leo Blackburn back was huge. Kind of knocking the rust off. That's his first college game he's ever yeah, played. Yeah, he, he had one He had one down the sideline that looked like he could have caught, but just, you know, playing in your first game ever. I think he, yeah. makes, I think he makes that catch most of the time. It's just – Yeah, he he had, he, a, he had a couple of drops. He probably left another 35, 40 yards out there. He could have yeah. had yeah. He, he he had he had one for sure drop hit him in the hands it was on a third down or might have been it was a second down uh it was down the right the right sideline that's uh, the one Jay was talking. yeah i think that's the one i'm talking about or, or were you talking about the one where he misjudged it and it went over his head no no no. i was talking about the one it looked like it actually hit him in the hands in real time it looked like <laughs> the the defender like got a hand on it but in slow-mo he kind of like Leo's kind of like falling to the ground trying to catch it. It hits him in the hands. That's it. Yeah. So um, the other thing, but I mean, that's I 30 yards right there that he left on the field. But yeah, he's not going to keep doing that. I don't think. Also, on the first drive, he lost. He left at least, I don't know, 30 or 40 yards when uh, Jeff, I mean, Jeff kind of overthrew him a little bit, but he was looking back towards the sun. He was heading towards the north end zone and he just, he just kind of slowed down and, and misjudged the ball and it just went right over his hands. Um, definitely a ball that you kind of feel like if he's got that rust off of him, like he's getting in a groove, it's kind of one of those things that he comes down with. But um, I don't know if you also saw in the picture, he was wearing a cast. And as a receiver, that's hard. So um, I didn't notice. He was wearing a cast on what? On his right wrist, and it goes up around his thumb and down oh. to, his, 
to his palm. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's not okay. that's not the easiest thing to do. And it, the one touchdown pass that he had that was deep, he kind of caught almost like one-handed with his right hand. And, you know, I mean, he had two hands on it, but it was more like his right hand and arm. So, I, I think the kid's going to be pretty damn good for us. People are dogging him after it. They were the first cut where he just got the ball and he just uh, – there were two short passes and he fell down on one and then – didn't pick up as much yardage on the other that he could have. And people are like, oh, my God, this guy's like, he's not what we thought he was. I'm like, dude, this he hasn't first played. first ever game. He hasn't played in two years, tore his ACL, had an upper body injury, and this is his first ever college game. Like, yeah, the, dude's, the dude's got to – yeah, he's got he's to find his groove too. So, um, but uh, outside of him, we really got to kind of get some more production out of the receivers. Um you know, EJ Jenkins is one of those guys that he's really good on the perimeter blocking. He's good for a couple catches here and there. Um, Dylan Leonard had a couple catches, and Ryan King honestly stepped up. I've not seen much production on him, but he had some big catches. Um, but really, Jeff, when he needed to, he was putting the ball where he needed to, and it was nice to see. Um, you love seeing your quarterback in the receiving uh, part of the box score, that little Jeff Sims to Jeff Sims pass. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Sims one for one, or, or one reception for one yard. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So offensively, I mean, we left a lot of plays out there. Still put up twenty three points. I feel like we could have easily put up thirty thirty five. Um, but again, not turning the ball over. So I'll take that all day, every day. Um, if you don't turn the ball over and you put your defense out there in good position, um. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where you feel like you can you can hang in a ball game and win it when it comes down to the end. Defensively, uh, I would say Charlie and Ace had their worst game of the year. Um, didn't grade out too well. Just kind of struggled in uh, open field tackling and uh, run fits a little bit. But Charlie, even though it was his worst game, there are just plays on the tape where you're like, there's no way that dude should have made that play, and he does. Um, He's a beast. Sam specifically, I know there was one where he wasn't even in on coverage on the play. And he um, – No, it's cover two. He's a flat defender. He peels back off the guy reading the quarterback. He had no business being over there. He's 10 yards away from, from the ball, and he's he's there. From the yeah. time the quarterback reared back when he when the ball got there. And he just dives, reaches out, and knocks the ball out of the guy's hands, like, for an incompletion. So it's just kind of one of those deals where you're like – he's one of the – I call him an eraser on the field. Like, when guys are making mistakes or – you know, someone, you know, makes a – is not there for their assignment. He's kind of one of those guys that can just make up for it. It doesn't matter. Um, it's not going to happen all the time, but he's one of those guys that's just a freak out there. So um, – If he was 230 pounds, he'd be way the hell up on draft boards. I believe that. Oh, oh absolutely. He, he's he been here a while, and the, the knock on him has always been – we're trying to put weight on him, but we can't. And – with his motor and drive and like instincts, if he had, you know, like you said, if he was 230, he, he would easily be, you know, a, a maybe second, third round pick. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where he kind of has a bad game and it's still enough to, I mean, Duke averaged, I think, 20.6 points in the first half this year. They scored three. Um, they scored 20 points the entire game. That was their lowest output by far um what's most impressive to me is Jalen King went down in the pit game and Clayton Powell Lee kind of one of those guys I thought was undersized was going to be a little developmental guy coming in as a freshman uh, out of Westlake he 
started, had uh, six tackles, two assists. Um, I think he had a couple pass breakups and then was in on a sack. Um, got and he's 6'2", 6'2", 175. Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole Ideal. lot. Yeah. Not a whole lot to him. He's just, you know, one of those guys that really stepped up. We needed him to. He got his first start and played really well. There wasn't a play where you're like, well, there's Clayton out there getting toasted or, you know, being a liability. So he wasn't um, Nate Wiggins against Wake. Some dudes just have it. Jesus right. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, we won't bring that up. But yeah, he he's he, he been balling the last two weeks though. So he's he know. needed to, bro. He got embarrassed for one game. He was like, no, this this is not how people are gonna remember me. <laughs> yeah. Hey. He's 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 dropped two pick sixes and had another one um, that he should have he should have caught against Jerkovic, but yeah. So, um, all in all, really we feel really good about defense. I mean, there were times where they're driving the field and you kind of feel like the wheels are coming off on defense. You're like, oh, this might be too good to be true. And then they get down in the red zone and we um, get them to fourth down, fourth and goal, and then we pick it. KJ Wallace gets a pick. So just you know not giving in they get the ball down to the five yard line to get them the fourth down and make a play and keep points off the board so um feel really good about that special teams obviously still kind of a mess on the punt coverage um we but none of them got blocked so i mean there's 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 positives yeah i mean there's improvement right you can see we're coaching something at least right but it's it's really frustrating because our punter he he can boom it sometimes. It's just most of the time it's a low line drive and it gets to the guy quit. Or like the last time he outkicked his coverage and every nobody had leverage and the guy just took it around the side. And there were a couple blocking the backs, but you know, it's one of those deals where once they get up to that third level of a punt return, there's only a couple of guys left, like it gets kind of hairy. So you you can't just let it get to that point. So um, gave up two big punt returns. One was for a touchdown at the end of the game. Um, that's got to get cleaned up. But other than that, I feel like we played a really solid, uh, clean game. Duke's one of those teams where I said they play clean football. They keep themselves in the game. They they're a the good team. team. Yeah. And they're they, a they solid let, team. And that's, let, that's, that's the kind of game you need to win to get back on track. Oh, absolutely. And uh, like I said – they let other teams make mistakes and they, they capitalize on it. And we just didn't give Duke that opportunity. So, um, I don't know. I felt really good about it. It's not, obviously it's, it's Duke at the end of the day, right? Like I'm not saying we beat, you know, anybody. That's not, yeah. That's what I'm anything. saying. Duke, Duke's, they're not world beaters, but that's a, it's a solid team that you need to beat to, to show that you're making progress, positive progress. Right, so you beat what well, at the time a top twenty-five team, and then you turn around and play Duke, which is four and one. They played Kansas really well, um, and then other games they've just handled business. And you go out there and you really control the game for the you know, I would say better half of fifty-five minutes of the game. In the last five minutes, you kind of let things slip, and then on the last drive, you give them forty-three. I think it was forty-three yards worth of penalties to to keep that drive alive. I would say two of the three were pretty bogus but that's just me um so yeah i don't know feel pretty good pretty damn good about it hell yeah i feel good about it too this week and then come back against virginia who's probably the worst team in the league yeah i was was looking at tech schedule and there i mean 
there's a path to a bowl game for sure. Uh, there's a hundred percent a path. Like I, I obviously don't want to, you know, get ahead of ourselves, right? Like two games in and this is going well, like the wheels could completely come off at any point. Right. Um, but if you look at it, you, you get a bye week and then you get Virginia on a Thursday night at home, um, should be a very, very winnable game. Brandon Armstrong's looked like, uh, garbage. He's the second, uh, lowest rated quarterback in the ACC up to this point with a QBR total of 42. Um, I mean, and, DJ just flipped. Yeah, Crazy. They, they literally did. Um, I don't understand how UVA's offense is that bad. Like, I get it. They lost quite a few guys up front. Didn't they um, lose their offensive coordinator? I mean, yeah, he's at Syracuse, and they're undefeated. Yeah. That's, and they got Tony well, that's why. And now they have Tony but, Elliott. But Tony Elliott, has, he's got too much. He can't just focus on the offense as, as a head coach. Well, that's that's good. That's good. <laughs> But I don't really know what's going on there. And then you turn around, and I'd say your next toughest game is Florida State. Um, Virginia Tech is not a good team. Virginia Tech is not a good team. going past Florida State. Florida State is a team that, that you could trip up and beat, too. Oh, 100. I think we could beat Florida State. Um, I think we have a – way your defense is playing right now, absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think you're anybody I, – I don't know. I don't think Jordan Travis is good enough to just – you know, throw up and down the field and and and, and wear you out, if the, especially the way our defense is playing. So, um, I don't know. I think Florida State and UNC are obviously the two toughest in-conference games left. Really don't know what UNC is. I feel like they're just going to give up a shit ton of points, but might put up some points. But they're, yeah, but they're, they're going to score. But Yeah. And then, obviously, I think you can, you know, chalk Georgia up as a loss, and that's fine. Um, that's a dub. That's an easy dub. <laughs> so – I mean, if you look at it, though, and this is getting way ahead of ourselves, but we control our own, you know, destiny in terms of if in in terms of ACC Coastal. I mean, I guess here's my question. Here's my question: Would you be fine with losing all the rest of the games to beat Georgia, or winning all the rest of them and losing to Georgia? I think what would be better for the program would be to be win all the rest and lose to Georgia. That's that's the obvious answer. Absolutely. That's the best. Yeah, but I mean, if Georgia's there. eleven and zero, and you can run you win the you win the next five games, and you go eight and four versus that would and, be and, and here's the I thing. forget we're only that's, halfway through the season. That's literally like eight. Game. That's literally eight and four versus four and eight. And 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 here's the thing. Well, you right ruined now, Georgia's season. It does. It doesn't even matter at that point. You're already a, a three three and eight at that point when you're going into the Georgia game. Eight and four, bro. If, That's a season you, right there. If you look at it, our three losses. So, Sam, what's Clemson's record? Uh, well, we haven't lost. So, <laughs> yeah. What are you, no, I know. What are you, 5-0? 6-0. and All right, 6-0. and Mississippi State. Six Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Ole Miss. Is Ole Miss undefeated? Yeah. Okay, They're nice. They're hard. Okay. So what is that? Twelve. Our, our our two opponents have losses right there. Are combined twelve and zero, and then you add and UCF, UCF has lost one game. UCF has lost one game. So what are they? Sixteen and one. Our combined record of teams we've lost against. That's a, that's yes. a, that's a valid point you make there. So then so then you go and play. If you lose to Georgia, which is arguably going to be eleven and zero, I don't know what their those those teams' records will be at the end of the game, but. Those teams aren't losing a bunch of games that you lost to. That's um, true. That's 
So if you go if you go eight and four and lose to those four teams, arguably tough schedule. I get it's UCF, group of five team, but um, they don't suck though. Yeah, they, I don't, mean, they, they beat the hell out of SMU, which is a fairly good football team. So, um, I, I think it could be a hell of a lot worse. To be honest, else, with you. didn't they beat Louisville? UCF. Louis- Louisville no, they, was their one. They loss. barely, yeah, that was their one loss. They barely lost six points. So, I, I I would definitely say like like Jacob says, the obvious answer has to. I mean, don't get me wrong; it would be super nice for Georgia to come in there eleven and zero and. You know, we ruined that for them. Get but, wrecked. <laughs> um, I just don't really see that being something that would, for, would a happen, and for two, really. But also, just two. in that in that circumstantial question, if you could go eight and four versus four and eight, there's no question. It doesn't matter who you're beating with the yeah. four wins. If you can yeah. win eight games versus four games, you take that every every single time, especially. I don't mean any offense, but especially for a team that's been struggling so much the past couple of years. Dude, no offense taken. We've been bottom two power You're five playing with house money now. You've already got your three wins for the year. I mean, anything from here is improvement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit. I mean, shit, Brent's already done something Jeff couldn't do and win back-to-back games in his first two games. That's insane. So, uh, if He's you going look at hard. It, He's going so you, hard. If you look at it right now, there's seven – Teams. No, there's eight teams in Power Five who currently have a winning record, uh, or uh, they have multiple wins versus Power Five opponents who currently have a winning record. Tennessee has three, Clemson has two, Purdue has two, UCLA has two, UGA has two, Notre Dame has two, and USC has two. And the eighth team would be us with two. Yep, I saw, That's, I saw, I saw if, that shit. If you had that on your bingo card uh, after the Ole Miss game. I mean, nobody the Ole Miss game, I'm going to be honest. I didn't think y'all would win another game. Fuck I thought not. y'all were going to keep Jeff Collins and just lose all of them. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I thought that was it, it was going to happen like that, too. I absolutely – I thought we dude, were going to – Brent Key might be the dude. Or maybe this team was just way more talented than Jeff Collins could ever get out of them. I mean, if you hear Brent say it, he literally says, I knew these guys, these kids had this in them all, all along. Like, you could tell he was just watching shit go down. That was like, dude, this is – we're not going to win any games preparing like this and practicing This is like Bush this. League. Like, yeah, this is some bullshit. So, I mean, it really, it really says something bad about Jeff's future career because not only did you suck and you went 10 and 28, they fired you and they got instantly better. That's uh, yeah, I mean he's That's way worse. He's headed to Alabama as an analyst. I don't think Nick Saban would touch it. <laughs> like, I mean, that's that's honest. That's fair though. What's crazy is he's a defensive coach, a defensive-minded coach, and right when he leaves, his team starts going off on defense. Oh, everything, everything simplified. Like Thacker's call, calling the the defense, but. You, if you look, we're not looking to the sideline every single play while they're running hurry up and three guys are misaligned and not set before the snap. Like, we're lined up before every play. We have a base defense that we trust, and we run some variations off of that. That's the thing with college, dude. Like, the simpler, the better for these kids because they're, they're still – I mean, they're still kids. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, if you got a, Clem- a, a defense like Georgia or Clemson, like, yeah, you can really get creative with that shit, right? We don't have those horses. So – 
get you a base defense, get lined up, and make somebody block your ass and make them make a play. You know what I'm saying? Like right. make somebody make somebody get open, make a quarterback hit and somebody. just let let the dudes go out there and, and kind of play free and not feel like they're shackled down to I have to do this and then this and then this and you know whatever it may be. I mean I don't know I'm not I don't fucking know yeah. X's and O's, but oh, it just it right. seems like it seems like they're playing way more free, way more fluid. Like they're letting their athleticism shine now. And I this, think whatever I think perfect example is Lamiles Brooks. Like he, you could tell he just looked like unsure of himself and he just kind of like I don't know going through the motions out there but now dude's playing free he's batting uh, you know batting down passes breaking up passes making plays he's 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 always around the ball on third down fourth and short like he made a couple big time plays that you know got stops and it's like where's this been you know this kid's not played like this since he stepped on campus and so how does that randomly happen <laughs> you tell me yeah I I don't I don't know I have no idea how something like this happens, but uh, you love to see it. You really do love to see it. I mean, we're after this weekend. Hopefully, we'll be three zero. You know, since since Jess left. You know, yeah. You can't you can't lose to the bye week. So yeah, you always win the bye week. So. And, and I mean that in terms of getting healthy because we had some injuries in this past game, but it comes at the perfect time. Yeah. And honestly, I'll say, and I know I'm rambling here, but offensive line looks so much better. Everything, um, everything looks looks better. Until we get some in, like we had two injuries in a row, and we really kind of had to shuffle up the OL. That's when it you know goes back to shit. But starting group is starting to look pretty decent, and teams are not going to be able to just put eight in the box, seven in the box, and and dare you to to throw it over top of them like they've been doing. If we keep if we keep doing that, so um, yeah, I know this turned into a long one, but. It was worth it. It's a huge win. I mean, it again, like you said, it's still Duke, but this isn't the Duke of, of recent. This is a solid football team that if you beat them, you, you can't take that for granted. No, absolutely not. I mean, like I said, they're just a well-coached, sound team. You know, like they I – f- I feel like Elko's a – Pretty damn good coach. Yeah, I was about to say prop, props to him because he's, I mean, he's turning that program around. Yeah, and shout out to Gavin Stewart, who is now seven for seven in his past two games on field goals um, and wasn't what, what kicking at all before. Yeah, what the hell? Dude, we, we're, we were a combined like four of 11 up until this point, and now we're seven for seven. How? It's uh, it's how? like how how everything has just gotten better. Everything, every aspect. It doesn't make sense to me. It's I mean, nuts. It, but I guess I digress. We'll move on. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, let's. Uh, we can get into the two SEC matchups. I can kick it off with uh with talking about the South Carolina versus Kentucky game. Huge win. Um, Shane Beamer gets to gets a win against a. At the time, number 13 team on the road in Lexington where South Carolina hasn't won since 2012. Um, and I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not going to apologize for their starting quarterback being out. Uh, South Carolina started four with, different quarterbacks last year. Um, you know, and, and with, it's not, what, with what you went through last year quarterback-wise, don't ever and it's, apologize. And it's, and it's not like Kentucky has had some high-flying offense this year. I mean, they – they're coming off a loss where they scored 19 points against Ole Miss. 
Um, yeah, it would, it would be one thing if you beat 2019 LSU with Joe Burrow dead on the sideline. That's right. different. It's, it's not well, like, not like Levis is some world beater that exactly, you know, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Without. Is he better than their backup? Obviously, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But South Carolina had injuries all over the field. Was it was it in as an important position as quarterback? No, um, but th- that's football. That's, yeah, injuries are part of the game. That's what happened. So I'm not going to apologize for beating a backup quarterback and not going to take any of that. Um, we beat a really good team, um, a really good defensive team for sure. Um, Spencer Rattler, I thought he played. I thought he played all right. I thought he played. I mean, honestly, I thought he played pretty good. You know, I, the last three games. I'll start out. The first three games, he was fifty nine percent completion percentage, and obviously, you played a couple of tough teams in, in Arkansas and Georgia the first three games. But these past three games, he's been seventy five percent completion percentage. Um, it just seems like he's, he's picking and choosing his spots more. He's, he's not afraid to kind of just tuck the ball and run and just get a couple yards if he needs to, instead of forcing the ball. Um, it feels like he's settling into the offense a little bit. There's still some, there's still some things that he needs to get better at. He's, he's got happy feet and he runs out of the pocket too early. And he did that a lot during, during the Kentucky game, uh, going back and watching, you can see receivers kind of get open um, but Spencer's already running out of the pocket which it is what it is and and the offensive line played great I mean Javon Gwynn one of our guards got SEC offensive lineman of the week um, so I don't know that's just Spencer I think and unfortunately your offense shouldn't take this long to get a, a guy like Spencer Rattler comfortable in it uh, but it has because Marcus Satterfield is offensive coordinator. Um, and it's just like we were talking about with, with George Tech's defense, it's just too complicated. Like let these kids just go out there and play and show their, their natural talent. Um, but that's just not, that's not what this offense does. That's not what Satterfield's offense is. It's too, too complicated, too complex, like doing too much. And, and you can see what he's trying to do, but it's like, it has to be perfect execution to to be the offense that he thinks it's going to be. And, uh, I mean, that's just – it's not possible. Um, but with that said, I think the offense played well. Marshawn Lloyd is, is playing like an absolute monster. He's playing great football right now. Um, he's playing like the guy that everyone thought he was going to be coming out of high school with, that, with those five stars. Uh, 22 carries for 110 yards. Um. And, and we're finally, like, just kind of feeding him the ball. You know, earlier in the season, he would get, like, seven carries or ten carries, and, and it would kind of be split up between a couple different guys. But now they're finally just feeding him the ball, uh, which, is, which has obviously worked. Um, the receivers, Antoine Wells, Jalen Brooks, they're, they're your number one, number two, no doubt. Um, I don't know where Josh Van went. I don't know where Jaheim Bell is. Um, but you got those two guys outside making plays. You'd love to get Van and Bell more involved in the game, um, but that's just not happening right now. But I, honestly, I think 24 to 14 um, is a little bit lighter than it looked on the field. I thought we could have definitely put up a couple more points. I mean, 
you get a punt block uh, in Kentucky territory, and I, I got to say we're the best punt blocking team in the nation. I, I think we have the most, but it's just – it's every game. We're, we're blocking punts and, and creating turnovers off, turnovers off that. I would hate to play you guys. But then, you know, you, you have the ball in plus territory. It's pretty much automatic points, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal. And then, you know, you, you don't pick up a blitz. Spencer Rather gets hit and, and fumbles the ball. It's a close fumble. He, it, the ball was definitely out. But, uh, you know, it's just a tough thing to, to do on the – whatever yard it was like the 30 25 yard line maybe even closer than that um and then another drive where you're you're moving the ball down the field and uh it looks like you're probably gonna at least get a field goal and spencer rattler throws a 50 50 ball i don't mind the i don't mind the decision to throw the ball to, to austin stogner against a, a shorter linebacker but he just he didn't put the ball in the right place Simple as that. And that's where his interception came from. Um, but other than that, man, I thought I thought I thought South Carolina dominated the game, dominated the game. I thought the defense played really, really well. Obviously, they had their backup quarterback, so we stuck our ears back and 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 freaking rushed them. Um, we had a bunch of sacks. Uh, we had six sacks, which coming into the game, I think we had like four sacks total through the first whatever five games. Um, so that was huge. I thought Jordan Birch played his best game uh, in the Garnet and Black thus far. Um, DQ Smith and Nick and Warrior, two true freshmen, played every single snap defensively in, in the game, and I thought they played really well. Um, but, yeah, overall, I mean, you know, obviously Chris, Chris Rodriguez got his 22 for 126, but that, I mean, the dude's a beast. He's, he's going to get his, and um, you know, but the big thing is let him beat us because that's that's the only way that Kentucky was beating us was was with Chris Rodriguez. Uh, we didn't let him beat us. Um, huge win, huge win on the road in Lexington again. Like I said, we haven't won there since 2012. Uh, a ranked win on the road in the SEC. It's a great win. Agreed. Yeah, that's really I, all you can say about it. It's a good win. Period. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe I just maybe I just shouldn't watch anymore. I don't know. From the from the jump, I was like, Jacob, y'all are about to beat their ass, and then like you really weren't feeling it. And then the next thing I know, I'm getting text messages because I I was rotating between the Clemson game, the Alabama game, and your game, and he's like, we're the worst football team. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's seven terrible. seven. It was not it was, any more games. I'm was, like, yeah, damn, dude. Must, I must have missed something. I okay, I was. I might have been a little overindulged in, you know, in alcohol. I was at a wedding, watching it on my phone, um, just being that guy at the fall wedding, you know, just watching it on my phone. But hey, I am. If you guy, don't like, so. if you don't like that guy, a don't have a wedding in the fall and B don't invite that guy to the wedding. Cause you know who that guy's going to be. Like if any of my friends, family, whatever, if they have a game on a weekend when a tax plan, they know I'm going to be that guy. So if you don't like it, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's like, we got off to such a, yeah, not coming. We got, off to, coming. we got off to such a hot start with the, they tried to run a little reverse. They took the ball out of Chris Rodriguez hands the first play of the game. Uh, Davis Balding makes a great play on the ball, and then Tom Hemingway gets it and takes it to the one-yard line. We score it on the next play. 
that's a faster start than we've had all season. So after that, then we kind of stalled out for a little bit there. You know, you get the punt block. You're like, okay, we're definitely going to score some points here. Then you have a fumble. And, and so that's kind of where the, where the, where the frustration started. Yeah. Where the frustration came from uh, when I was, I see. when I was kind of bitching about it, but it's a great win. It's a great win. I don't care who's that quarterback. It's a great win. And it's a win you can build on because you have a bye week next week and then you have a beatable Texas A&M, but we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get into that in a different podcast, but take your wins, baby. Take your wins. Three in a row. I guess, I guess since Davini's not here, we'll just go ahead and tell you that Georgia beat Auburn's ass. I didn't, I didn't watch a single second of it. Actually. Yes, I did. I watched the, the early, I watched, I watched it early and watched lad drop some passes and, so first, I would say almost the first half felt like very Missouri-like game where you could tell that, you know, Auburn's offense wasn't going to do shit. Pathetic. Um, and then, you know, Georgia just kind of struggled to get things going early. But obviously Georgia had a much better second half. Not that, you know, Auburn came out and was kicking field goals and, you know, putting points on the board like Missouri was. But, dude, you could just tell. Yeah, Auburn was just gonna, and what's just, it's so strange to see that out of Auburn. But I mean, obviously, Georgia's defense is, you know, what it is, but Robbie Ashford just, he, he looked. He's he got looked. no help. They don't block for him. They don't, they can't block for tanks, so they can't really use him. I mean, it's Dude, just I, a wish, house of I wish we played Auburn again this year. Well, I, when I say that about Robbie Ashford, it looks like he's like, you know, I don't know what the word is. It's just like he's get the ball. He's not a like, quarterback. He, he, I, yeah. I, I'm first off. I don't think he's a quarterback. Second of all, like he gets the ball and he's got to make a decision on what to do with it, or it the, the play is just a total bust. And I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of one of those deals. You're right. This is going to be. If Georgia doesn't get their offense figured out, they're going to win seventeen to nothing. You know. I will say this though. I mentioned this during the game that I had a theory about what's going on with Stetson the last couple of weeks. And I really think – so if you want to go back and watch Auburn, they didn't really do a whole lot coverage-wise. It just sat back in zone and just forced him – because Georgia's offense is so predicated on all these swing passes and screens and quick stuff out of the tight ends, like just get, get an athlete the ball. So, obviously, Stetson is going to make the majority of the layups. He's going to take those. But when they're not running those kind of plays and they're actually running routes intermediate downfield, he wants to push the ball. And he can't – he doesn't check down very well. So, when you're playing off coverage against zone, obviously every zone coverage has their holes and it's easier said than done to sit here and pick it apart. But oftentimes you've got a tight end, you, you've got a running back, you've got somebody out in the flats or somebody in a shorter route that you can probably get the ball to. And he doesn't do a good job of getting the ball in time. If he does check down, it's late. So, it's almost like obviously one that's hurting your efficiency on offense because – you know, you're going to take shots on first down. You're going to take shots on second and short. Like, there are certain situations and areas of the field where you're going to take those shots and they're not hitting them. Obviously, Ladd not not playing his best the last month or so is just strange. Um, A.D. Mitchell's been hurt. Yeah, they don't really a big, have that's a guy. That's a big thing. And, and you know, uh, St. Jack hasn't really been – that much of a factor like he's running routes and every, not really throwing and everybody knows about Brock now so they're trying their hardest right to, that's well, the guy see, that everyone's see, keying on 
you see teams play Brock a lot different now. Yeah, because he's have an to. absolute beast. Yeah, I mean, you, you, have, you have to. to you or have he, to just... he will single-handedly win the game. Yeah. That's he'll, what he'll he did against South himself. Carolina. I mean, but like I said, that's just a theory. I could be wrong. Obviously, I haven't gone through and watched a ton of Georgia tape, but, but that's something that's been a reoccurring theme, especially the last two weeks. Obviously, Kent State is what it is, but Missouri was the same one. He just didn't hit a lot of downfield passes. They're attempting them. Um, but obviously, he had a big run. I mean, so it's not like he's playing terrible, but it's um it's a far cry from the first two weeks where you're like, holy shit, dude, Stetson's about to win the Heisman for real. So, but we'll see. All that stuff's fixable. Like, all that will, can change week to week. I will say watching uh, Dejan Bowie or Dejan Bowie, however you want to say his name. Yes. Or, or no. Dejan Edwards. Yeah. Dejan Mustard. Yeah, I don't know why I'm thinking Dejan Bowie. Uh, yeah. So, so he's at A&M, isn't he? Yeah. I think I, so. He got, I got my Dejan's messed up. Uh, my Dejan's mustards. Uh, but get your condiments backwards. In terms of a just total running back. He's he better be than the, he's he better might, than McIntosh and Milton. I was about to say, he might be the best one on the roster. He runs the hardest. No doubt Brant, about that. Brant, Branson Robinson had the most yards in the game, but, I, you know. I, I, he had a couple I, of chunks though. He had yeah. he had one that went for eighteen, and I think he had one for twenty something. Thirty, thirty. Okay, so yeah. It just continues to baffle me how Kendall Milton can't really get much going. He can't like, stay he on keep, the field. That's part he, of it. You keep thinking he's going to hit a couple big ones, and this is going to be it. Like because he was he was that guy. Like when he was a freshman, I was like, that's that's Todd Gurley. He's a beast. Literally, he's. Yeah. I mean. And he got that knee injury in the Florida game, I think it was. And since then, just hasn't looked. Like, even in the Missouri game, he, he took off that one play, and I was like, okay, he, this dude's about to be – he's about to get rolling. And then he fumbled on the same play. They punched him from behind. It was just kind of uh, – It's strange. Obviously, Georgia's scheme offensively is really, really good. It's just a matter of having it all come together. And that's a lot easier said than done, especially when you're playing teams that – you know you're going to beat, and this week's going to be the same way against Bandy. So yeah, I was about to say we can we can go ahead and transition into into the breakdowns of these upcoming games. George Tech and South Carolina are both on bye weeks, which makes this segment way shorter. Uh, UGA versus Vandy, obviously Divinity's not, nothing needs to be said there. Yeah, obviously Divinity's not here. It's a game they should absolutely win. The spread is 38. I honestly would take the under on the spread right now, seeing as a Georgia's played like shit recently. Um, but they're going to win the game. And also Vandy, like Ole Miss is a pretty good team. Vandy scored, what, 20, 23 on them? Vandy scores. So, they just also get scored on. <laughs> right. And and Georgia's not going to let them score a whole lot. Um, but, yeah, so we can, that's we it. We'll just, we'll just go right ahead and go the, into the – into the We'll just go ahead and go into the FSU game. Yeah. Um, 7.30, I think it's on ABC. Um. Like I said, the line has moved down to three and a half or four right now. Um, it's a road game. Not like FSU's playing out of their minds lately, but um, I will say I think Jordan Travis is probably the first true dual threat uh, quarterback we've seen. Um, don't know if um, Trayon Webb has posted something on Twitter today where he was in a hospital bed um, talking about surgery. So, uh, doesn't look like he's going to play. He's obviously their leading rusher. They also have Lawrence Toafili, who they use as a running back. 
receiver, just kind of gadget player. Um, he had a couple of big plays against us last year, so I have to imagine he'll be their, their lead back. Obviously, we're not giving up a whole lot of rushing yards. Um, so, but again, when you have a running threat at quarterback, that's a different element than we've seen. And I think Jordan Travis has been much improved as a passer. Um, obviously, he's not Tom Brady. He's not going to sit in the pocket and just dice you up, but he's he's better than he has been. Um, they've got some receivers, Johnny Wilson, Malik McClain. Uh, they got some guys out there that can go up. Johnny Wilson has gone off. He's huge. It's going to be hard to cover him. Um, but, you know, I, I talked about how the offense is, has done really, really well uh, on the opening drives of the game. Uh, and I think that's got to be – that's got to be something else. Your first drive, they're scripted. Obviously, they're plays that you practice over and over. You know the rhythm. If you can get something going, you, you run tempo. Um, and you got to be crisp on those. So, I think I think the offense is going to have to get off the bus ready to roll. Um, because I don't see – I don't see FSU putting up a ton of points, um, but we've shown a little bit of propensity to, to let teams move the ball until they get in the red zone and then we really stiffen up. Um, so it's just a matter of selling it, selling in the game and, and trying to give our defense a lead to play with. Because if we can get up on them and start pinning our ears back and, and, and getting after Jordan Travis, I think that's when you start to see him, you know, maybe you force him into a mistake or something. But, um, you know, BT Potter missed a field goal against Boston College from 42. Um, but we're still 100% scoring in the red zone. Obviously, continue to settle for field goals uh, in situations where you'd rather not. Um, and that's really the next step. Like I said, I feel like last week, the drop by Bo Collins, uh, he makes that play probably seven or eight times out of ten at least. Um, but we got to start getting more touchdowns in the red zone. Um, I talked about how the, the tight end usage, when we use these guys, when we use the middle of the field, um, obviously, BC did a really good job. They show a cover one look every single play, um, and they they run cover two and cover three out of it. But they also run a lot of press press man. Um, and doing that, you just you you kind of take away the middle of the field just just for the fact that you have a safety sitting over top. So any sort of post route is kind of eliminated, depending on how they're shading the guy or playing down. Um, you might be able to take away some of the middle of the field stuff, but. We were running a lot of like mesh concepts and, and posts and getting RPO slants thrown in there. And those are all plays that I feel like we didn't really see a whole lot of last week. And I don't know if that's just a matter of the offense not being in a groove and you're getting off the field so early, you don't have the time to really run that kind of stuff. But I mean, we, we continue to show a ton of 12 personnel. And if you're not going to run behind your tight ends and give your running backs the ball, and you're going to throw out a 12 personnel, you got to, you got to throw to the guys. I mean, obviously, Brinks doing and Davis Allen have been two of the the better weapons we've had um, since we've gotten to ACC play. So, got to keep getting those guys the ball. The other thing that's a little bit concerning I talked about is obviously the running back usage is not where I'd like it, but we're only averaging 149 yards a game um, against Power Five opponents um, so far. That's been all ACC opponents. Um, but FSU is averaging, giving up like 155, 157, something like that. And I just really feel like we're going to have to, we're going to have to exceed that number. Because if we're going to, and and again, obviously, you know, against uh, against Boston College, I think we ran for like 140. Um, but the backs, I mean, when you're running backs combined for 69 yards, that's not going to cut it. Because um, if you can control the game, make FSU's possessions count, 
um, and make your stops count a little more, control the ball. I think that, again, that just forces Jordan Travis to try and make a play, and that's where we need him. We need him kind of in desperation mode. Um, but, you know, like I talked about, the spread is moving down, which is a little bit strange to me. I feel like Clemson is a more talented team. Um, the way we played on defense the last couple of weeks, particularly up front, the defensive line being able to control things and cover up the secondary has been um, very encouraging. I hope that's something that we can keep going because uh, I think you're starting to get some confidence on the back end. Obviously, when Makuba back, he's playing corner, he's playing safety, he's playing nickel. Uh, Barrett Carter and, and Trenton Simpson, we know you can move those guys around. So we have the pieces to fill the holes. It's just a matter of having guys execute. So again, I think Clemson's a better team. I think we're even on the road. I, I have to imagine we're better than a field goal, uh, better than Florida State. Uh, obviously, we've we've been in the habit of giving score predictions. So I'm thinking this is like a like a 31-21. I've got 33-21, but I'm thinking we win like like 10, maybe like 12 that. points. Um, you know, I think I think Florida State is going to score. I do. Um, I think they're probably a better overall offense than than NC State, just in terms of consistency. Uh, and obviously, the last couple of weeks they only put up twenty one against Wake, um, but Wake Wake ran the ball on them. Um, NC State also ran the ball on them. NC State lost their quarterback halfway through the third quarter and attempted one pass and came back. Um, Florida State's offense and special teams kind of imploded at the end. So the fact that their two losses are to the teams that we've that just you just beat, beat yeah, um, it looks good. You know, it, it makes me feel better. I think obviously anytime Clemson plays road games, you're going to get the other team's best shot. Um, so don't want to take it lightly. And like I said, I think Florida State's a pretty good team. It's just a matter of going down there and getting off the bus ready to go. So and I think we will. But that's uh, that's sort of my take on it. I've, so I'm thinking ten to twelve. I like that. Um, I have a question. Just not, not, not really about this game necessarily, but I saw a tweet earlier. Do you think DJ should be in Heisman contention? No. I think – and the reason is – I think he's borderline. Um, here's the thing. I think every year you have dozens and dozens of guys that play well. But the Heisman is – rarefied air and I think DJ's obviously uh, he's at what 14 touchdowns two picks something like that yep um you know completion percentage is somewhere in the 62 63 percent range obviously the yards That's are um, calculator right now. pretty good but I just he's he's playing well there's no doubt about that but I think I think saying that he's a Heisman contender is probably a stretch at this point obviously he continues what is it 64.2 percent Okay, so yeah, I mean, that's good. The elite are going to be up there around 68, 70, 71, something like that. Yeah. Um, so again, I think he's playing well, but I also – we saw against Wake, DJ won us the game. But if you're a Heisman contender, somebody that can win the Heisman, you – I mean, you are you have to be the guy that you put the team on your back week in, week out. You know, against Georgia Tech, we had sputters offensively. Against Louisiana Tech in the first half, sputters offensively. If, you, if you're a Heisman-caliber quarterback, I mean, how many times do we see games where Clemson just couldn't get anything going with Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence? Because offhand, I can't think of but a couple. 
Um, okay, yeah. I mean, that's fair. They I, just I, everything I, yeah. just looks so much easier for Bryce Young or for Caleb Williams. Like, right? I, I think get it. they have a different scheme, but it just—it's just the eyeball test is basically what I'm saying. He's I, playing yes, well, but he's not playing was, that well. That's exactly what I was gonna say. The eyeball test is is not necessarily there, but the stats are looking really, really good. And if he can keep he's, this up, I mean, hey, you never really. Know. Well, I definitely think he's gonna put himself in contention for like. ACC player of the year, ACC offensive player of the year. I think he's definitely in that category, but talking about national awards, I'm not I'm not ready to go there yet. Now, if yeah. he starts snapping and and we just start, you know, blowing teams out, putting up a ton of points, then yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. But until then, I just I think that's probably a stretch. Not to take anything away from him because he's I balling. feel that. I th- I think he's I think he's fringe right now. I think if he keeps doing what he's doing then he could get into that conversation for sure. No doubt. No um, doubt. But, yeah. I mean, Devinny, we already talked about the UGA Vandy game. If you want to say anything about it, other than it's going to be a disaster for Vanderbilt probably. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, not, not much to say about that. Uh, I don't think it's going to be um... – <laughs> Uh, a big blowout either. I think we're going to keep some guys on the sideline to get healthy because uh, we have the bye week after Vandy, um, get ready for Florida, and that gauntlet we have of Tennessee and Mississippi State. So, Yeah, those two, uh, those two teams are good. Yeah. Yeah, you probably don't want to see them back-to-back either. T- Tennessee is going to give us a run for our money, but I'm glad it's in Athens. And then Mississippi State, yep. we got to go to Starkville. That one scares me. But um, well, if you're going to have one of those games at home, you want to. Yeah, I'd rather it be Tennessee. Yeah, probably. Because um, if if Neyland's packed out a hundred deep, hundred thousand deep. Yeah, it, it's and, probably going to be a night. And, dude, you also it's absolutely going to be a night game. It's going to be a top five matchup. It's going to be game day. It should be absolutely. Um, it's going to be game day. But the whole thing is that even last year, talking about Tennessee. The way they were spacing people out last year against – I mean, you had Dan Jackson and William Poole in that game. It it, it was hairy there for a minute, even against I, that defense. I spoke too soon. Georgia's it's, defense is, is a, a lot worse or that their offense is a ton better, but the scheme itself is – it just – it would scare me. I spoke too oh, yeah. soon. It's not going to be a top-five matchup because because Tennessee plays Alabama this week. Totally slipped my mind, and that's like the well, best game of the weekend. <laughs> Um, we're gonna we're gonna pick that game, but so. hey, you know I don't know Tennessee's well kind of five. If, if Tennessee gets Bama without Bryce Young, it definitely could be a top five matchup. It could be a freaking one versus two matchup in that case. Yeah, dude. I oh, mean, yeah, Tennessee's what is Tennessee right now? Like seven, six, six, seven, or six? Yeah. If they if they beat Bama, Georgia and Tennessee are it's gonna be one two, one two. But if you, my, dude, if you beat if you beat Bama, you should jump us, Michigan, whoever the hell's at five, or I mean, whoever's at yeah, that'd be it. And then they get two, they got two eh games leading up to Georgia. They well, got U, UT Martin, then Kentucky. Bama mm-hmm. is very Bama is very much a uh one team with Bryce and a top you know, 10, top 15 team without him. I mean, they just struggle on offense that bad. Again, back to the Heisman contender conversation, that's the thing. When you have somebody that that caliber pulling the trigger, it makes a, it makes a whole hell of a lot more difference than Will Levis not being there. Let me tell you that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's what I was saying. I agree. 
I'm not apologizing for that win. I think I think Bryce is about to be back though. So yeah, I, I think agree. so too. I think I He's think things got a little, little little more prickly against A and M than than they Oklahoma wanted. They like <laughs> yeah. So um, I think yeah, I think a, I think A and M scared them, and so they're like, dude, I don't even care if you're hurt, bro. You got to go. You got to play. If, if you don't feel good, we'll make it where you can't even feel your arm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you don't feel good, we'll we'll hype you up. We'll we'll get you feeling right. So we'll get you feeling nothing. I mean, in the last drive, I'm going to go out there and run for a thousand yards, just getting tossed <laughs> like a rag doll because you can't feel it. Uh, he was ready to go back out on the field in the last drive, but they wouldn't let him. They should have. He was wearing his pads the whole game, like bro, you're not they, playing. They, they didn't need to, I guess. But hey, we can uh, we can slip and slide on into the picks this week, though. Yeah, again, the last few weeks we've had a bunch of good games. This week is no different. Um, so we're just we're just going to go ahead and start rolling. Uh, we got a Thursday game, Baylor three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at West Virginia. Um, it's going to be an interesting game, but I got Baylor here. Yeah, I got Baylor. I think Baylor's a better team. I don't think West Virginia is all that good, so give me Baylor. Yeah, I agree. Give me Baylor. I, I, I think West Virginia is a fine team, but Baylor's better. I'm taking Baylor as well. Clean sweep for the Bears here. I guess it's also worth noting um, after last week, Sid is still in first place um, with 66. I'm three points behind him. Jacob is three points behind me. Then you have Connor at 55 and Davini down there who took SMU, LSU, Utah, and Miami trying to gain some points back, and that kind of backfired. But you'll have that, um, and we move on. Uh, so we got Penn State and Michigan. Michigan a seven point favorite at home. I'm taking Penn State in the upset. I like Michigan. I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a top five team. I would probably make the same argument about Clemson, depending on who we play. Um, and I don't think Penn State's all that great, but I just I just feel like Michigan literally hasn't played anybody. So I'm I'm taking the upset here. Probably shouldn't, but I'm gonna anyway. Um. Yeah, I, I don't – that was more tough for me. I really don't think Penn State's all that good. Um, I don't think Michigan's great, but I just kind of think might just be able to pound the rock a little bit and control the game. So, I, I'm going to go with Michigan. I agree. Um, that's why I'm also picking Michigan. I like J.J. McCarthy as a quarterback, and I like Blake Corum, and he might be the best running back in college football this year as of right now. So, I'm going to take Michigan. Thank you, Michigan as well. Okay, well, I feel even worse about that pick now, uh, but I digress. Um, let's see, next game we got is Kansas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma opened as a seven-point favorite at home. Don't know how that can really be the case. I'm taking Kansas here because it doesn't matter who plays quarterback, they're going to score. Uh, yeah, Kansas has two really good quarterbacks. Um, but, dude, Oklahoma just – this past weekend, that was brutal to watch. Hey, listen – because we have a Big Twelve um, liaison here, and we don't need to we don't need to talk about Oklahoma. Yeah, I I feel bad about it. So I out of respect. I don't really, yeah, I will just move on. Let's go Kansas. Is, because because <laughs> Kansas is good, not because Oklahoma's bad. That's is what I, Dylan that's Gabriel good. gonna be back? Do we know it's that? Supposed to be, yeah. That changes my opinion a little bit. Yeah, See, because yeah. if I, I I'm looking, but at Dylan right Gabriel now. doesn't play defense. That's my issue here, dude. But your your offense and your defense are 
they're they're a machine that work together. Dude, Texas put on a clinic against their defense. And so did TCU. There's big plays left and right everywhere. I'm taking Oklahoma. <laughs> Connor's going with a wiener. <laughs> yeah, he's he's drawing a penis. I'm taking Oklahoma here. Okay. I probably shouldn't, but I just have some some sort of gut feeling. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Brent Venables gets it together. I I truly do. Yeah, because it's starting to look bad from a boy. I mean, they're, I mean a, they're ready to they're ready to buy him out already. Oh yeah, that I you can't lose as Oklahoma. You can't lose to Texas like that. And you sure as shit can't lose to Kansas at home the week after. I'm gonna go yeah. Oklahoma here as well. Okay. Well said. Well, uh, we'll just have to see how this one works out. We either, you know, keep pulling away from the pack or we let them back in it. So, yeah, me picking Michigan State or, excuse me, Penn State and Kansas. I could. <laughs> we got Bama seven and a half and Tennessee at home. This is our game of the week. I'm taking the balls here. I don't care. Um, Bama looks mortal. Um, home game for Tennessee, it's going to be rocking in there, that offense. I don't know, dude. I just – something crazy is going to happen. It's going to be a tight game regardless. I really think that. Can I can I put, like, a pending on this? If Bryce Young plays, I don't I don't, I don't see a way Bama loses. No, you have to pick right now. But Sitting if, here if, Monday night of the week. See, it sucks. With Jalen Milrow, I, I think – But Bryce, dude, Bryce played against, ten, against Texas. I mean, they look mortal. It's their receivers still aren't out there burning people downfield like we've seen in the past, but that's just, I mean again that's my opinion. Yeah, I, I could be very wrong, and I probably will be, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Bama until I see them lose a game. I, I, and that's, I feel like, and that I feel is like a sound judgment. <laughs> I'm also I'm also taking Bama. There's no way Bryce Young doesn't play in this game. Um, it's it's at Tennessee, which gives me a little bit of worry, but Florida also almost walked up in their crib and beat them. And Florida is not a great football team. So, going Alabama. Guys, if yeah, I I'm not, I'm not betting against Alabama. I'm going Alabama as well. Well, Connor has Tennessee too. So, at least I'm not alone. Um, next game we have is Oklahoma State um, on the road against TCU. TCU is a four point favorite here. I really like Oklahoma State. Uh, their defense, obviously, they lost Jim Knowles, their defense coordinator, and they lost a bunch of guys. Um, and they just haven't they haven't really played anybody for one. Um, they haven't looked all that dominant. And TCU is hot right now. So, I'm, I'm taking the Horny Frogs. Let's go. Yeah. Um, TCU, I think they're a good team. Max Duggan's pretty damn good. They've got pretty good threats out wide. They just hit a lot of big plays. So Oklahoma State's really gonna have to keep up, I think. So I'm gonna go TCU. I'm going TCU too. Max Duggan is a conversation we're gonna need to have at some point. I've liked the dude since he's been there, and he's been kind of off and on, but he's going off this year. He's on right now. That's for damn sure. We are OK State. Okay, uh, Connor also has Oklahoma State here. Um, next game is another interesting one. NC State probably gonna be without Devin Leary. Um, don't know for sure. If Devin Leary plays, I think they win. If Devin Leary doesn't play, I'm taking Syracuse. So as of right now, just go ahead and give me Syracuse. No shot, he's playing. Yeah, give me give me Syracuse. 
I don't I don't think he's going to be playing, and I think Sean Tucker's a dog. So, um, will he be pleased with defense. it with his don't performance? Say that again, Jacob. Will he be pleased with his performance this week? Mm, that's a good question. NC State's a good front, so I'm I'm thinking that he'll be happy with the win, but not pleased with his performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Syracuse. I, I think I'm gonna go Syracuse here. Uh, obviously, NC State loses to Clemson and then kind of struggle. Not kind of struggles. They struggle pretty bad against FSU. Um, again, the whole quarterback situation. So, going with Big Orange. Mm. <sighs> I think I'm going to go NC State. <clears throat> I don't hate that pick. I really don't. That's not ridiculous to say. That's not ridiculous to say. Connor also has NC State. In this Syracuse one. is looking good. But they also but they haven't only, looked dominant. Yeah, they only they only beat Virginia by two points. Virginia's dog water. I agree. I think yeah. this I think this is gonna be a really good game. And that's why I think it all depends on Devin Leary. Because if Devin Leary plays, I think their their defense particularly I think NC State's a better game, gets exposed better a little team. bit. Yeah. Um, I think that's NC why it's, also NC State also doesn't have a ton of weapons on offense. I think that's um, why uh Syracuse is favored. I guess they're expecting Devin, not to be. That's sort of what I'm not thinking. To be there. That's sort of what I'm thinking. Um, that's part. That's probably where all the bets are going right now. Syracuse. Yeah. No doubt. Um, so moving on, Clemson uh, minus four against Florida State. Always right with the squad. Yeah, I got to go Clemson here. Yeah, I'm going Clemson here. They haven't shown me anything different. Yeah, I'm going Clemson, but it's a sneaky game. I can't lie. Sneaky game. I don't disagree. Could be. Like it I could said, be a I sneaky think, game. I think I think Florida State's a good team. It, it, it's probably going to be a four-quarter game, but we'll see. Yeah. Clean sweep yeah. for Connor also has Yeah. This. So, next game we have on the slate, Mississippi State, uh, six-and-a-half-point favorite in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, it's hard to pick against Mississippi State right now, so I'm not going to. Yeah, no, give me Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm I'm taking Mississippi State. Not a huge Kentucky fan. Um, Mark Stoops can ligma. Dude, he's so such I'm a going, bitch. So I'm going Mississippi State. I <laughs> <laughs> got and me. Marlboro has um, been hitting him. <laughs> that one got me. Um, yeah, Mississippi State. Another clean sweep. Connor's also got the Bulldogs here. The last one is an interesting one. A little little Pac-12 action. Uh, USC on the road at Utah. Utah opened as a three-point favorite. USC's looked shaky the last couple weeks in the sense that they're not really, like, dominating. They've also played nobody. Um, Connor's got Utah here, and I don't know if it's because he actually thinks they're going to win or if it's out of spite. Uh, I'm thinking the latter. Probably probably uh, more spite, but uh, I'm gonna take USC here. It's it's I don't know. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost and I put up, you know, like no points this week. Um, but we'll see. I'll uh, I'll also take USC. I think I think deep down, maybe just a little through all the hate, Connor misses Lincoln a, l- a little bit um after this weekend. 
So that might well, be just pure spite. One thing to miss Lingen is another thing to miss, like, half the roster that left because he left. That's the big thing. That's what it comes down to. Um, but, yeah, I agree. It's hard not to take Southern Cal here. Um, they just have a bunch of freaking guys on offense. Like, I, I'll watch – I've watched probably a combined, like, 10 minutes of their games this season. It's just, like, every pass goes to Mario Williams or Jordan Addison. Both dogs. Um, so, I don't blame them. So, yeah. I'm going to go U- USC in, in a little – probably maybe a little shootout here. I mean, Southern Cal, not USC, Southern Cal. Jesus. I'm going. Thanks Utah. for clarifying. Oh, Davini's going Utah. Hmm. Davini, any analysis there, or just? I want USC to prove that they're worthy. USC, they're or not Southern worthy, Cal? but I don't think they're going to lose either. So y- USC. I think he's talking about USC. Twins. USC. USC doesn't play this year. I mean, this week, this year. What am I talking about? It's USC in the uh, spreadsheet. That's a fact. That's a little disrespectful. <laughs> hey, y'all are on a bye week. We know who we know who we're talking about here. That's facts. That's facts. I also call y'all Carolina, so I appreciate you can't have that. both. I'm never I'm that. never called y'all that. USC either. I've never called y'all USC. I've only called y'all Carolina um, interchangeably with North Carolina. <laughs> I called both of y'all Carolina. But now I'm starting to call y'all Carolina more than North Carolina. Um, I appreciate that. I just uh, refer to them as you can see. And no disrespect, but I think the Carl's Jr. for whatever reason, I think that one was pretty good for whatever reason. So. <laughs> hey, you know, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Southern Cal has a rich football history. Well, South Carolina does not. No, no, there's, there's nothing wrong. There's not, that's not degrading to y'all's program by calling them USC. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair. And I honestly like, you know, it is what it is. All, all of us fans on Saturdays are going to do the USC chant, but, you know, not this Saturday. Why does there, you know, but next what, next Saturday it's going to be freaking wild. We'll get into that next week. But it's 2022. Yeah. Why does there have to be a real USC? Can't everybody just? I agree. We, we should be able to be USC. Yeah, you can just identify <laughs> as USC. Yeah, just let yeah, everybody. Cle- Clemson now identifies as USC. Yeah, University, <laughs> University of Sumter, Clemson. Yeah, University of Somewhere, Carolina. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> and that's about what it is. <laughs> oh man well we, there you go that's no, all we got we, this week. we need to we need to do a a percentage of just how how many of these games we get right as just a a, a total unit not many so we can <laughs> so we this can year e- is just not going great so we can either brag about it or not brag about it <laughs> It would not be something for us to tweet out. <laughs> be like, what are these idiots talking about? Caesar's playbook took me to the woodshed about week three, <laughs> and has not stopped. Oh my ass! Hey, we, hey, we, you talked shit about Davini last week, but Connor picked Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ride with your squad, bro. <laughs> Yeah, it'd, and, it'd be different if he wasn't an Oklahoma fan. And after the first, I don't know, four minutes of the game, it was an it was there's no shot Connor was gonna be right with that pick. Dude, <laughs> I really I really thought LSU was gonna like 
battle. And then I'm at the tailgate and I look down at the scores and they're up 10 nothing with 11 minutes. And I'm like, oh no. I just Bros, it was 21 nothing, like seven and a half minutes. Halfway through the first quarter, it's 21 zip. Tennessee is real. 20 to zip. Tennessee is they real. They weren't life. playing. They were hopefully, not playing. Hopefully, what, dude, I, I was going to say, hopefully. We're, we're going to find out if they're about it this weekend. I was going to say, 100%. Hopefully, hopefully, once they get rid of their rent, rented quarterback, Hendon Hooker, who's an absolute savage. But he's they, insane. Hendon Hooker is my Heisman favorite right now. I'll just go ahead I, and say that. I think I agree with that, dude. He's going off. Um, but Y'all then they're two Hooker. interceptions in the last year and a half. But then you they're know, getting. He's they're, older than like two of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. He's our age. Him him and Stetson are – Stetson's like – are they both like 25 or – Yeah, yeah Stetson's they're both, my, our they're age. Both, they're both my age. <laughs> and we graduated three years ago. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, hey, fun fact, since I didn't get to talk about Auburn, I'll uh, finish it right here. Um, yeah, Jacob, move this back. Auburn, Auburn has a <clears throat> – uh, beat us in Athens since Stetson was eight years old. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's been a minute. Holy shit. That means since we were eight years old. Correct. Yikes. Wow. Yikes. That's tough. That's you know, six, in this, six in a row. Which is so shocking to me because, like, we went through a phase where we didn't win against Georgia for, I think, like, 10 years. But, like, even we have, like, multiple wins in Athens since. Shit. Oh, yeah. and, and the Shit, we won in Athens in 2019 off of an absolute rabbit's foot lucky game. Well, y'all, Tennessee, Tech. I was at all those freaking games, too. Wait, was was the Vandy game in, in what was that, 2016? Was that at home or was that at no, I was I was at Vandy. Wait, Georgia lost to Vandy? Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't remember that? Yeah. Uh-uh. Bro, that's when we, that's when we had a rental quarterback. Yeah, Grayson Lambert. Savage. Oh but, shit! I do. Or was that twenty fifteen? Yeah, it was. It was. It was before um, twenty twenty. Was it twenty sixteen? Jacob Eason. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, so it was a year. Before it was a year that. before he got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were like a million Georgia fans that went up. That there was. That's that, probably that what game. got Mark Rick fired because Kirby Smart came in twenty sixteen. Uh, but Kirby. anyways, we're we're absolutely digressing right here. So. Um, Hey, y'all want to know something interesting? Yeah. Uh, three full seasons, Jeff Collins coached, never had to play in Athens. That's wild. What? Because of the COVID year. Of the COVID year, never he escaped that that fucking death sentence. So yeah. they didn't. They did. Oh wow! Dang. We didn't play at all. That was the first. That was the first time we didn't play in like what a hundred years or something crazy. That was, yeah. That's the same with South Carolina Clemson. It was like the second longest rivalry. In college football, and then it ended. Yeah, yeah. Now, Carolina ducked us. Now, yeah, we, yeah. yeah, we needed to, bro. We won <laughs> fucking two games. Now he got a spank in the two years he called him at home, but he still never had to go <laughs> yeah, to he Athens. He never had to go to Athens, so that's that's a strange, strange. Uh... Oh, oh, also another one. Um, I'm pretty sure Mark Rick won more games than Bobby Dodd than Jeff Collins did. He sure did. That's all that. That's all that stat. Yikes, Jeff. Let we let's just move on sure. from, from the Jeff Collins era. It was a tough one. It's like it's like the Muschamp era where we just don't need to talk about it anymore. We know what happened. 
It's not like the Must Champ era at all. It's worse. I mean, Must Champ had a nine-win season one time. I mean, that's I mean that's fair. He Jeff did. never won back-to-back games, bro. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. That's, that's off fair. to the Citadel. We also we uh, no, that was twenty fifteen. That was before Must Champ. Y'all lost the Citadel too, right? Yeah, in twenty fifteen. <laughs> Damn it! My dad was freaking know, pumped about that game. Anyways, anyways, we digress. Um, before this gets too crazy, we're gonna end the pod here. So appreciate you for listening. We'll be back next week um, with only two recaps because obviously South Carolina Tech have bye weeks. But uh, the next week breakdown should be really good. So we'll see you then. Peace.